topic this morning, and uh, as we approach this second Sunday of the Advent season, it's a very timely and a very important uh, question that is raised in that song, Mary, Did You Know? This year, as we have indicated a few times, our theme for the Christmas season is fear not, fear not. Four times in the overall Christmas story, the words fear not come from heaven uh, to particular people in various situations that are part of that Christmas story. Last Sunday, the angel Gabriel was sent by God and sent to a priest in the temple by the name of Zechariah. Zechariah and Elizabeth had longed to have a child, and Zechariah was actually in the service of the temple when... Uh, the angel Gabriel appeared to him, and he was a bit frightened, as all of us would be if we had a situation like that. And so Zechariah heard these words from Gabriel. Fear not, Zechariah. God is going to give you an unusual son. A son who will prepare the way for the coming Messiah. Zechariah heard additionally from Gabriel these words. He will be a joy and delight uh, to you and to Elizabeth, your wife, and to many others. And he will be great in the sight of the Lord. And so, as we heard last week from our John, John the Baptist was born, and he did fulfill the prophecy of the Old Testament as to the forerunner of Messiah. Today, we focus on a young girl of a remote city. We probably should not call it a city could call it a village. It wasn't a very attractive place, Nazareth in Galilee. And uh, we find that uh, this young girl, her name was Mary, and we don't know a whole lot about her. We know a few things, and uh, we can mention them at this particular time. In time, uh, we know that she did not come from a wealthy family. She uh, basically uh, was a young girl, probably a very much part of the society of Nazareth, a young girl who had a relatively humble uh, background and beginning. We do know she was young. Now, how young is a question that uh, 
scholars debate, but it may uh, surprise you to know that uh, Mary was probably younger than Hannah, who just favored us with that song. She was probably somewhere in her early teens, and uh, a good guess might be about 14 or 15. Uh, Mary uh, was, in the words of our text that we'll get to very shortly, highly favored of God. We can assume that Mary was a young woman who was spiritually minded, a young woman who had great strength. He, a words translated highly favored in our text could be translated greatly graced. Young woman, greatly graced. And so we see her as a person of great strength. Uh, we see her given a privilege by God that uh, she did not seek at all. And uh, we see her as one who would uh, be asked by God uh, to bear a measure of shame from the world about her. We also see her one who was ready to accept the tremendous responsibility that came from heaven. As we look at Mary this morning, I want to suggest there are three scenes from Scripture that would be very helpful for us in understanding this young woman. Turn again to Luke chapter 1. We were there last week, and we're going to look at three scenes in this first chapter of Luke's Gospel that tell us something about this young woman, Mary. In scene 1, we have God visiting Mary. Scene one, God visits Mary. And it begins in Luke chapter 1 and verse 26. I'm going to read uh, portions of this uh, intermittently, stop and make some comments. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her, this Gabriel, and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored, or as we said, Greatly graced, the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. Gabriel is the same angel that uh, went uh, to Zechariah in the temple. 
At that time, you'll recall that Zechariah was performing his priestly duties, and he was by himself in the temple. So we know where he was, and we know the context of what he is doing. In this case, so we can only guess. And uh, I have to confess, I spent some time preparing this, thinking about a few questions that uh, were interesting to me. It is interesting to contrast uh, the visit of Gabriel with Zechariah and with Mary. We do not know where Mary was or what she was doing. And I uh, take the liberty to speculate a little bit. Uh, I imagine that it was a very ordinary day in Mary's life. I imagine that uh, Mary had gotten up in the morning, had her time of prayer. Uh, She was given the responsibility of making dinner that day in her parents' house. And so she um, went out the door and got the food. Wonder if she might have stopped by the carpenter shop to see how Joseph was doing. We don't know, but she certainly could have done that. Um, she went back to the house and uh, began to prepare dinner. Uh, Dinner, incidentally, that day was lamb stew and apple pie. Maybe. At least if they invited me, I would (laughs) like it to be that. In any event, uh, as Mary was doing her duties in the kitchen, Gabriel appeared. I don't know what Gabriel looked like. Did he like look like the same person that uh, came to the temple and visited uh, with Zachariah? I don't know. But uh, there he was, and Mary was frightened. you blame her? Mary was troubled. And the first thing that Gabriel did uh, was calm her down. What did he do? He said the very words of our theme, Fear not, Mary. Now, just as an aside, I might say that it is a particular ministry of angels uh, to support those of us who are believers in our weakness. And that was what Gabriel did on that particular occasion. The message of Gabriel, though, was specifically three things. Mary would give birth to a boy whose name would be Jesus, which means Savior. He will be great, this boy, and will be called the Son of the Most High, and he will take the throne of David the King. Let's read about that uh, from verse uh, 29. 
Gabriel had just said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of a greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Fear not, Mary, you have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will never end. Great words uh, to this young woman trying to get over her fright and fear. Mary's response uh, was a very practical one. And we'll read a little bit of that from verse 34. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God, not even a virgin birth. So Gabriel's response emphasizes the power of the Holy Spirit in bringing about the conception of Jesus in Mary's womb. God offers this as a light on how God will accomplish this wondrous miracle of birth. In verse 36, God cites Elizabeth's pregnancy as further evidence of God's power. Angel could have gone back and shown that this wasn't the first time that God enabled an infertile couple in older age to have a child. He could have talked about Abraham and Sarah. He could have talked about Hannah from the Old Testament. He did not apparently at this point, but he did uh, note that this was something that God had wrought. So Mary's response at this point in time is a wonderful response. It's a very important one, and it is a great example of faith. I am the Lord's servant. Mary said that in answer to Gabriel. May it be to me as you have said. May it be to you, to me as you have said. Mary confesses, I am 
the Lord's servant. She had obviously been prepared by God, not for the specifics, but in a general way uh, to trust him and to be ready to fulfill the mission that God had for her. I'm uh, guessing that there were a lot of questions in Mary's mind at this time. What does this mean about my relationship with Joseph? How will the community view this? But her response is a response of faith, and that gives us to the end of scene one. Well, now it's very interesting that the story of Elizabeth, Zachariah, that we heard about last week, begins to merge now with the story about Mary. And we have uh, right away uh, in our text the beginning of scene two. Scene one, God, in the person of Gabriel, the archangel, visits Mary. In scene two, Mary visits Elizabeth. And it's a very instructive and important time. Let's look uh, at uh, verse 39. Yes, at that time Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judah where she entered Elizabeth's house and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, that is the baby John, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you, you Mary, among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I, that is Elizabeth, so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. I was... uh, Intrigued by a number of things. Uh, Doesn't seem like it was very long at all after the angel disappeared that Elizabeth realized that she needed some help. And who was she going to get the help from? Mary realized this. Well, uh, cousin Elizabeth was considerably older and uh, I'm guessing maybe that uh, cousin Elizabeth uh, was kind of the mature rock of that generation in the family. In any event, uh, immediately Mary in her consternation and wondering thought of Elizabeth. And uh, she said to herself, 
I need to go and uh, see this older cousin who was clearly a very spiritual woman. Now, our text tells us that uh, while Mary lived in Nazareth of Galilee, Elizabeth and Zechariah lived in the hill country of Judea. Uh, commentators tell us that uh, it might have been about a 50-mile journey. So I'm, I'm wondering a little bit some things. How do you get there? Uh, the train doesn't go through Nazareth or any other place. Uh, there's no uh, little commuter airline either. Um, what in the world uh, happens? I'm, I'm wondering, too, uh, whether Mary talked to her parents about this trip. I wonder if she talked to Joseph about the trip. In any event, they agreed, and somehow Mary, maybe she walked. I doubt it. I think she probably went by some kind of a horse-drawn buggy. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? Uh, but anyway, as soon as possible, Mary found her way to the home of Elizabeth. And he was able there to receive the counsel and support that she needed. We now see in our text entree of Mary into Elizabeth's house. And Mary greeted Elizabeth, and it had a twofold effect. First thing that uh, was evident was John. The unborn child in Elizabeth's womb for joy. That interesting. John leaped for joy. But at the same time, Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesies of Mary and the child that Mary will bear. And their great words of affirmation. You know, uh, the prophetic voice of, of the Old Testament was very real. It was a very real voice, and for 400 years it had been silent. The fullness of time, as Paul says, had come, and now what was the prophetic voice is again Released. And Elizabeth is one of those people who had that prophetic gift. She said, Blessed are you among women, Mary, and blessed is the child there. What great truth. An important truth as we face Christmas season. Blessed are you. Mary, 
and blessed is the child you will bear. It must have been a great affirmation for Mary right at the beginning of her visit uh, to hear those words from this poor older cousin. Jesus would come, he would have a human birth, at the same time, God would come in the person of her baby. Mary would be God's instrument in having this accomplished. Blessed are you among women. Very true. Even more blessed is the child you will bear. Now, the succeeding verses give us Mary's response uh, to Elizabeth's prophecy. And it's a great piece of literature called the Magnificat, some circles. And uh, we're going to read it and make a few comments on it. Magnificat begins... Uh, with verse 46. Mary said, listen to this great piece of literature, somewhat reminds you of the Psalms, but uh, is important, particularly in the context that we're looking at this morning. Mary said, my soul praises or glorifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. Mighty One has done great things for me. His name is holy. His mercy extends to those who fear him. From generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers and from their thrones. But he has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things. But he has sent the rich empty away. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as he said to our fathers. Then, final note and the final piece of this particular scene Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months, then. It was a pretty long visit, but let's look for a few moments at this great piece of literature that we call the Magnificat. Mary begins by relating her own experience. These are words of praise to God for what he has done. And the structure is very similar to many of the Psalms of the Old Testament. Mary there gives 
to what is, gives out what is in her heart as she contemplates aspects of God's character. First she says, God has been gracious to me. Then she talks about God's character. He is holy. Holy is his name. He is merciful. His mercy extends to those who fear him. He is powerful. He has performed mighty deeds to those who fear him. He is faithful. He has filled the hungry with good things. No better expression of the character of God than what Mary gives here. It is a great picture of what God has and is done and is about to do. It is also not a picture that avoids some acknowledgement of the justice of God. God will bring down rulers from their throne and send the rich away empty. It is a very balanced picture of the nature and character of God. Mary, like Elizabeth, is here given the gift of prophecy. And it is her, she who is one of those new voices that came after the 400 years of silence. Scene two concludes uh, with a very short statement. I wonder how they got along for three months. I would have trouble having somebody in my house for that long. Uh, I wonder uh, when the decision was made and why the decision was made that uh, she's ready to go back to Nazareth. She is. She did. I think there is a great example in Elizabeth of someone who is an older discipler of a young believer. Her ministry, I believe, was vital preparation. We come then to scene three. Scene three is a very short section in Luke about the birth of the account and then make a few uh, short comments from it. We are over to chapter 2 now of Luke and the first seven verses. Those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everybody went to his own city or town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth 
to Galilee and Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and who was expecting a child. While they were there, time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to the firstborn, a son. He wrapped him in stripes, strips of cloth, placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in. Very, very brief account of the birth of Christ. When Gabriel first appeared to Mary, said what? What's our theme? Fear not. Fear not. I think uh, Mary must have taken that to heart. Uh, she took trip to Bethlehem in spite of the fact that she was about to give birth. And uh, there was no room for them. The inn at Bethlehem no indication at all that Mary complained about that. I would be beside myself if I went to the inn and uh, the innkeeper said, oh, we're full. Well, I made a reservation. Uh, what's wrong with you? Mary did not complain. Joseph apparently accepted the fact they were going to spend the night in stable behind the inn. Mary went into labor at that point in time, and baby Jesus, I wonder a couple of things. I wonder if they bothered to call the local midwife. Or was Joseph having to do it all himself? I wonder uh, about the sanitary nature of fishing. Environmental engineer, as many of you know, uh, I would be very concerned about a stable and Sterile delivery room. He did not have that. I see Mary tenderly wrapping Lord Jesus, the newborn, cloth strips. Laid him in a manger, waiting the coming shepherds to worship. That's all we really know about this point, about this scene in Mary's story. But let me say this. Come to a conclusion here. Mary was a remarkable, in her words, servant of the Lord. Not to be worshipped as God, but it's to be for us a great example of someone God can use in a most important role. 
And as such, he must be a great example to each one of us. Her words should be our words. Those words we have already read. Behold, I am servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And that is great response to the plea that Gabriel would give to each one of us today. That plea is, fear not. As he said to Mary, fear not, trust that the God who has called you to this responsibility will enable you through time. And so, as we face the Christmas season, I suggest that we want to take as our own those words, fear not. The Lord Jesus Christ, babe of Bethlehem, has come to dispel our fears. He has come to ransom us from prison house of sin. He has come to give us an abundant life, to be our good shepherd, take us out of darkness into light, so much more. So let me encourage you this morning as you contemplate the story of Mary, encourage you this Christmas time be a time of worship, thanksgiving to God, for all his. Next week we'll hear about Joseph. Then we'll hear about the shepherds.